Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I think there was an old song by um, uh, uh, the Rolling Stones, Can't Get No Satisfaction. And uh, I see that's where the world is today. People cannot get any satisfaction. But I want to tell you something. There's satisfaction in Jesus. There's satisfaction in knowing that he's in control and that he loves you and, and that he cares about you. And, and I want to caution some of you because some of you have gotten into all this conspiracy stuff that's feeding on YouTube and all this stuff. Be careful, man. Don't saturate your mind with that um, because it can take you the wrong direction. Amen? And so make sure that, that you remain guarded um, and, and trust the Lord. I mean, there was a guy in Nashville, pastor, he wanted to debate another pastor on whether the world was flat or whether the world is round. And then he lost it with the guy, and the guy lost it with him. And, and, and there's a new debate on, uh, on the world and what's going on. Can I tell you something? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't. I want to see the next person in heaven. I'm not worried about what people think about what's going on out there and the firmament and all the stuff that's happening. I'm not worried about that. I've got enough on my plate to make sure people are loving on Jesus. Amen? And somebody was asking me about gifts this morning of the Spirit, and, and, and I love the gifts of the Spirit, but I want to tell you something. If we're not producing the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't matter about the gifts. Can, can I help you out there? Because Jesus is going to judge you on your fruit. And, and do you have the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the meekness, the gentleness, the self-control? Are you being faithful? Those are the things that God, because those that aren't, he says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work with you there. I'm going to try to help you bear fruit. But if you don't, I'm just going to cut that part off and throw it into the fire. And, and I don't be cast away into the fire. Amen. I, I want to produce the right kind of fruit. And, and I do want to live, laugh, and love. And I do want some people that stay too long to leave, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I love all my family. I, I'm just teasing. Um, anyway, um, the world is searching for the answer, and you know what? Look at your neighbor and tell them, you carry it. Tell them that. You carry the answer. You carry it. It's Jesus. It, it's our love for God. It's the joy of the Lord. That's our strength. Amen? It's knowing that J-E-S-U-S, -S, he is in charge. There's high like the most high. Amen? Jesus has got it going, and we just need to continue to stay deep in him. In America, we don't want to understand this because we look for everything to fulfill our lives. Real hunger and real thirst can only be satisfied because of the Lord. We'll do it right now. Adam, Adam's just going to help He's going to help demonstrate what the world's looking for here. I knew when I mentioned that, that was going to just flow something through his blood. Here we go. And I try, and I try, and I try, and I try. I can't get no satisfaction. 
Okay, so he wanted you to get what the world is doing. They're looking, but they can't find any satisfaction. And so we know that there's satisfaction. Thank you, Pastor Adam, for being a live demonstration and example of that. So anyway, you know what? We can't get satisfaction in fame, amen? People think they can get satisfaction in money. But you know what? You're going to find that that's fleeting too, amen? People that I know that have a lot of money, and this is the truth, people I know that have a lot of money, when you talk to them, they'll tell you they just need a little more. Enough's never enough. They have a hard time giving. They have a hard time sharing. And, and, and they're, you know, and they say, well, that's how we got her. Well, I'm telling you, God wants you just to be a giver, Amen. It's his anyway. Just, just dole it out. Let the Lord take care of it. I have found in my life that's what he does. Some people think that if they get married, they'll be satisfied. Oh, my gosh. If you think marriage is going to bring you satisfaction, you are in for a rude awakening. When you have two eyes trying to become one, and especially when they're opposites, they tend to do a lot of repelling and oh, there's a journey there. There's a journey. Somebody think if they get their next car, they're going to be happy. That next car is not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you happy. Or the next career or the promotion. If, I don't know why my boss is down on me. If I could just be. No, that's not going to bring you happiness. It can bring you a little contentment for a while. But it's not going to bring you happiness. How about the next relationship? If it were money, Americans should be the happiest people in the world, amen? Because we're the richest nation. Our poorest is, is more wealthy than 40% of the world. We should be the happiest people, and Americans are not happy. They're the most drug on prescription drugs more than any people in the world. So it just goes to show you that it doesn't bring you happiness, we have more material abundance than any previous generation, yet people are looking in the wrong place for the wrong answers. If you think sex is going to make you happy, read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, those chapters. Just read about what happens with those that put those coals in their lap and the long-term effects. And it talks about that at the end of your life, you die in a lot of pain and disease, and it's because you're seeking the wrong thing. Okay, so point number one today is this. Why are so many unsatisfied? Why are so many unsatisfied? Underneath that, that first statement there is because they're looking for pleasure rather than God. They're looking for pleasure rather than God. If your hope is in college sports, it's all changed. Now that they pay these kids and they pay them big bucks to play, they get all cautious now, and they don't want to play in the bowl games because they don't want to get hurt. They want to transfer, they get in the transfer portal so they can go to another college that's going to pay them more. We're seeing where the greed is in America. It's taken a lot of joy out of just the sports in itself. Why are so many unsatisfied? As, well, they're looking for pleasure. Ecclesiastes 1.8, all things are full of weariness. 
A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. You got a lot of people looking for more. Looking for more. If I just could make Shaloy a better woman. If I could just make Shaloy a better cook. If she could just be a better housekeeper, I would be the happiest man on earth. Now, she is a great cook, a great housekeeper, and a great wife. I'm just using her, as I always do, as a, an example. Melissa loves this when I do this. And, uh, but it's just really, but you know what? If that's what you're thinking about your spouse, you're never going to be happy. Because we're all flawed. We're all flawed. If you don't believe that, just roll over early in the morning and breathe on your spouse. And let them smell your morning breath, and they'll realize that not only do you have bad breath, you get pimples too, okay? Just think about that. We're all flawed. That person's not going to bring you happiness. Ecclesiastes 5.10. Now, this is Solomon 3,000 years ago. He said this. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income this is also, it's all vanity. And in America, we have grown up with this dissatisfaction. That's why our kids are searching for purpose. They're searching for that cause. They're searching for that one thing they can stand for that's going to bring them contentment. It's only in Jesus. You can march the streets and you can shout for Hamas and you can shout for all these things, but it's not going to bring you peace. Or happiness. Your cause is not the answer. It's Jesus. He's the only answer. Hebrews 11.25, by faith Moses, when he has grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And the Egyptians were full of ungodliness living for themselves, and Moses decided, I don't want to live like that. My relatives are all slaves, but I, would, I don't want to live in that sin. I would rather be a part of who they are. Anybody, you live for food? Don't raise your hand. Anybody have a refrigerator raid late last night? You know how it gets of the evening? You start feeling like you didn't eat enough that day. And you see that dessert, that pie, those cookies. My wife, our neighbors, we, we exchange a lot of gifts with our neighbors. And one of our neighbors, the Lansings, they, they sent us some cookies. And she always like, she put those cookies aside and she goes, those are not good at all. You won't, you won't like those cookies. And I knew then they were good. And, and I'm like, well, where are they? You don't need those cookies, honey. And I got one of those oatmeal cookies. Oh, my gosh. They were so good. And you, I can lay there at night and think about those. <laughs> and I go to get them, and Shaloy's ate them all. <laughs> She's ate them all. Oh, my God. No, she didn't. But, you know, you have a refrigerator raid at night because you just gluttony. Food doesn't make you happy. Hello? It gives you a temporary fix. Amen? 
Growing up, my mom was addicted to Pepsi. Anybody else grow up addicted to Pepsi? She was addicted. It, it, I mean, this is the truth. When we, my dad was laid off and we didn't have enough money in my bottle instead of milk when there was, she gave me Pepsi for months. She's laughing because it's the truth. Gave me Pepsi to drink. And I can remember being three and four going, she would send me to neighbor's house. I would knock on the door and I would say, do you have an extra Pepsi for my mom? It's the truth. She was addicted to Pepsi. You never know what may grab your life. She left that addiction for coffee. Things can grab us, amen? They can grab us. You can think about your favorite dessert. Now, I really love a good coconut pie. There's just something about a good and a German chocolate cake. Mmm. And, and I'll brag on Red 7, the best carrot cake in town, hands down. And, and, and I can get into that, but I don't live my life for sweets. Because there's been times when God's put me on a fast, a three-day fast, a 10-day fast, a 21-day fast, no food at all. And, and set all that stuff aside. You want to find out if you're addicted to something? Go on a fast. <laughs> Go on a fast for three days and see if you can give it up. Ecclesiastes 2.23. For all his days are full of sorrow and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. Ecclesiastes 2.21. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity. I've heard that saying so many times, I've never seen anybody take a U-Haul to their grave. All that you work for is going to be given to somebody else. I've got a pastor friend of mine, I used to go to his conference all the time and actually played golf with him and he pastors a church of 10,000 people and, and he gets so busy, so going, this is a true story, he was, he was uh, uh, so caught up in what he was doing and the car in front of him kept slowing down, slowing down and he's like, man, I got a busy day and he's honking at the car, he's honking and finally he's like, that's it and he flies beside him. And he realizes he's doing a funeral and he's following the hearse now. And he, this is a true story. He pulls up beside the hearse and he looks at him. He goes, he rolls his window down. He goes, your tires are good. They're good. And he backs up and falls in because he forgot that he was doing the funeral and following the hearse in the funeral line. Now, that's a pastor that's gotten way too busy. His name is Tommy Burnett. And he shared that story. Even in the book of Habakkuk, God wants to deal with injustices and violence, the plundering and the strife. So God said that he would be bringing judgment on Israel through the Babylonians because of all the ungodliness that they were doing. America cannot keep doing the things we're doing with promoting child pornography, leading the world in that, Sex slavery, all the perversion going on, 
all this stuff of Hollywood and all these people wanting to have stay young, look young, and doing these ungodly things, even with blood, to stay young, perversion, there is judgment coming to America. Listen, we're going into 2024, and I'm excited about it. Can I tell you, the closer we get to the Lord's return, the worse it will get. And the more persecution we will face as believers. Come on now, that's just being real. I heard one of the pastors bragging about his his state and where he lives. He goes, I own the biggest house in this state, 40,000 square feet. And I've got two jets, and I just believe that I deserve all that I'm getting. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this guy better be careful. Telling people he deserves that? You don't deserve anything. In the kingdom of God, you need to just be thanking the Lord that you're breathing today and that you're about his will. But when we see America turning to these things, and we're seeing more pastors being exposed because of the ungodliness in their lives. God's cleaning houses and churches, I'm telling you. He's cleaning houses, and you got pastors that are wanting to step down. Many of them are wanting to step down because they were never called. They were never called into the ministry. You better be called if you're going into the I'm telling you that. Because it's not a glamorous lifestyle at all. And if they're telling you that you you get all this stuff, they're they're nuts. It's about serving Jesus and being a servant. Amen? Amen. We got to go back to Matthew 5, 6. And I want you to circle in that verse the word hunger and thirst. Just take your pen and circle. Hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Man, if we could just get this this morning. If we could learn to just really hunger and thirst for the things of God. Oh my goodness, it would change your family. It would change your outlook. It would change how you approached work. How you approached your finances. Because I just hunger and thirst for the things of God. And all of a sudden, all those things become God's. They're His now. And he's, you're allowing him to do what he wants to do in your life. Some of you, you have been bailing out your children, going the extra mile time and time again. You're sacrificing your finances and all these things. And God says enough is enough. You are enabling them to live the life they're living. You need to let go and let God deal with them in their situation. Stop enabling them. Some of you are enabling your spouses. Stop enabling them. Let God do the dealing. Amen? Some of you have have thought that you are the junior Holy Spirit, and you're not. You're not Holy Spirit junior. Let the Holy Spirit deal with them. Just pray for them. Pray for them and trust God to deal with them. That second thing there is they look for pleasure. They look for satisfaction in their career. It doesn't happen. I read those verses to you. The third thing down there is they look for things. Believing that things are going to bring satisfaction. If I just got the latest game, because I'm a gamer, all these gamers, they crack me up. 
these kids in this technology, because you know what they're going to do? They're going to develop games themselves and make money on being a gamer. Oh, my goodness. You're in trouble. You're not that good. What you need to become is an electrician, a plumber, a heating and air guy. Learn a real skill so you can make a living for your family. Can you imagine? I married a gamer, and he's developing games. How much has he made? Well, in the last three years, we've made $7,500. As he sits in there and he works on his gaming, oh my gosh, did you get fooled? <laughs> and I'm not trying to pop a young person's bubble, but that's what they're doing. They just want to keep you occupied. And Jesus says, do what I want you to do. Do what I want you to do. Get real quiet in here. Anybody will tell you this that has any lick of sense. The more you have, the more you have to maintain it. Can I say that again? The more you have, the more you have to maintain it. Nothing with growing that as long as you maintain it, as long as it doesn't consume you. Amen? I remember when we first rented here in Lafayette, we had this little tiny yard, and, you know, I'd use my push mower, and I would mow it. And now, as a kid, we didn't have a motorized motor. We had a push mower. So Hal had an extra one, and he was getting rid of it at a garage sale, and he gave it to me. So I took it to my house. And it's one of those old wooden ones, you know, you push and pull. So I had my son and my two daughters come out. I said, hey, this is how dad mowed the yard. I want you to mow my yard. You got two acres. I know, but at least start. So my son grabs it and he's like, he's pushing in the tall grass and he's like, you didn't mow with this. Yes, I did. I said, there's a technique. What is it? You push. You pull back, and you push again. You just can't push. It bogs down. So they all tried it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I would hate to have to mow like that. Well, my dad couldn't wait to see me and my brother out there mowing like that as he sat on the porch drinking my mom's Pepsi. <laughs> and so then you get two acres and that little push mower doesn't do it. Self-propelled, that still doesn't do it. Then you got to get a riding mower. And then you, you move up to a zero turn. And then you become like Jeff Hartwig. You buy nine acres and you get a big tractor. And you justify it to Jackie as she drives that 30-year-old car. And she works all these hours just trying to keep gas in her car. That sucks it down as Jeff's with his big hat driving around in his big $30,000 tractor. I can mow my nine acres. <laughs> Jeff's tight as a tick on a flea, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he finally did get her a car. He moved from the Model T up to <laughs> a 58 Ford. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying is the more you have, the more you have to maintain, church. Amen? Amen? It's the truth. 
We were so excited about getting our property until I mowed it one summer. And there were 30 acres out here to be mowed. Oh, my gosh. Just ask Taylor and Adam about that. Thank God for Bill and Gene and the different ones that have come, Mike, and helped out. Oh, my goodness. Adam needs to take off his bonuses and give them to those guys. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> Second point is this. How to be satisfied. I think it's summed up in Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. That's real satisfaction. Well, Owen, that means God's going to give me what I want. No, 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 no. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What happens is when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires change, and they become God's desires. They become God's desires. And he will give you the desires of your heart. That is so cool that God wants to do that. He wants to give us that. Look at point number three. Turn to Jesus for real satisfaction. In order to do that, first you got to realize you need him. Until you get to a point where you realize you need Jesus, you're not going to have satisfaction. And if you think you're going to receive Jesus to get, you're in trouble. As you receive Jesus, you learn to give of your time, talent, and treasure. It's not to get. So it's not in searching for pleasure. It's not in our accomplishments through our jobs, etc., etc. It's not in obtaining things. None of that has brought real contentment. We are spiritual beings created to love and to know Christ. To love and to know Christ. There's where our hope's going to be. Now, I've never done drugs, so I don't know what meth does to you. I don't know what cocaine does to you. I don't know what marijuana or spice or any of that stuff does to you, but people get this high off of that, and sometimes it just grabs them, and they got to have it again and again and again. But then they find themselves going down the path of addiction, and their lives are messed up, and what they thought was joy becomes turmoil, and what they thought was hope becomes a mess and depression. No need for booze or weed. There's no high like the most high. Adam had that saying for camp one year with T-shirts. There's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. God allows us to get hungry and thirsty so that we can recognize our need for him. Hello. God allows us to get hungry and thirsty. We will face struggles, persecution, we will be attacked. There will be trials in our lives. But many times those trials, that persecution, that stuff we're going through, allows us to have a greater desire for him. Because he's the only one that's going to walk us through it. I'll use Pastor Jeff because he just went through a knee surgery and, and then he had a kidney stone that was like eight, 
milliliters, just a really big stone, and they were going to have to, they had to put stints in there. In his back, he had to keep them in for three weeks, and, and they were hoping that it was going to open up the opening so they could get in there and crush the kidney stones. And he was in such severe pain, and he was still trying to do his rehab for his knee. And on top of that, he finally gets through all that, and I'll get back to a minute. Then he gets COVID. So he's had this month from hell. And one day he just showed up at my office, and he was just like, just pray for me. Seriously, when you're in that kind of pain and you're not able to work, you're not able to get up. And I said, I think I need to pray for Jackie more than I need to pray for you. <laughs> and Jackie just said, amen. But, but we did, but he got through the season. And, and he told me, he said, oh, and I'm just asking God, what is it I need to learn? What are you trying to teach me? What is it, Lord, you want me to hear? Sometimes there's none of that's going to be answered. It's just part of living life. I talked to him last week, and he's back to the same old Jeff now. But we go through seasons, but we learn to trust God, that our hope and our satisfaction is in him alone. Amen? No matter what we're facing, the loss of a loved one, a Christmas that wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because we put expectations that God doesn't even put on ourselves. We have to be very guarded and careful. Let me read Deuteronomy 8.3. And he humbled you and let you hunger and feed and, and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. There are times we have to go through some hunger and some thirsting in order to understand that we just need the Lord to work through us and in us. We have those seasons. The other thing is, you know, not only recognize your need, stop imitations. Stop imit Isaiah 55, 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in the rich food. We are to trust God the bread of life is Jesus. We're to take the word of God and we're to digest it and we're to grow and allow it to grow us. Look at your neighbor and say, grow on the bread. Come on. The bread of life. The bread of life. Grow on the bread of life. You know what? Religion doesn't satisfy. Amen? There's all kinds of religion out there. It blows me away because you've got, I think about, like, you've got... Some religions, they send their young people out all summer on, on bicycles, and others send them out door to door, and they have to witness and do so many things, and the kids on the bicycles are actually getting paid to do that, so don't feel sorry for them. And, and we had a dog, his name was Rascal, and he hated wheels. It's the truth. He did, man. He would just, 
any wheel. He's, and I'm on my lawnmower, and he's chasing me all around. I'm like, this dog needs to stop. And he gets, he was on his leash when I went by. I wasn't thinking about it. And he's trying to get the back of my wheels. And then he got, the lawnmower's going. He got wrapped up in the wheel. And he's laying underneath there, and his tongue's hanging out, and he's blue. And my kids are screaming, stop, Dad, stop the riding lawnmower. And I stopped it. And I looked, and I thought, oh, he has died. Hallelujah. <laughs> and because we'd had him 14 years. And Shloy's like, stop, he's dead. And I lift up the lawnmower, and she unravels him. And she's like, pray for him. Pray for him? I'm like, you got to be kidding. And I looked at my kids. They were all crying. I'm like, Lord, if you've ever answered a prayer, I am going to be considered the murderer for the rest of my life. Please raise this dog back. And Shaloi's doing CPR. <laughs> and Rascal comes back. And I'm like, it was a miracle. And he yiped even more after that. <laughs> I think he had brain damage. But, <laughs> but you never know. And, and all of a sudden, you know, one day there goes two of those young people with that religion on a bike. And Rascal takes off after them and he chases them into a ditch. And I run down there and I'm like, he's a Pentecostal dog. When he died, he was really struggling, and we had to take him to the vet. I said, who wants to take him? Nobody could take him. I had to take him. I had tears streaming down my eyes as I took him in. Not tears of joy. I really was sad. And uh, he goes, you want to go with him? As I, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. And uh, it's amazing how pets can affect you, amen, uh, in the family. Just talk to Addison about that. <laughs> I remember, I, I got to tell one more story. Tim Overman. I don't know whose dog it was, but it was at his house, and that dog was mean. And it attacked the neighbor's puppy and tore that poor dog up. And Tim went down and told the neighbor, whatever it costs, I'll pay to have it fixed. I said, you said what? Thousands of dollars. They took it to the Purdue Vet Clinic. They saved that little puppy's life. And uh, Tim's insurance told him, that dog will not be at your house anymore. Or we won't insure you. But people love their pets. But your hope's not in your pets, amen? Not in your pets. The last thing here is make Jesus your priority. Make Jesus your priority. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God doesn't say you can't have things and enjoy them. But real satisfaction is knowing who owns them, whose they are, and they don't become an idol in your life. You see, the New Age, all these religious 
teachings out there of new age is this. Seek satisfaction in yourself. Can I tell you, if you seek satisfaction in you, you're going to be left empty and void. When I get hungry and I don't know what to do and I need real nourishment, I do eat food. But spiritually, you've got it. we got birds flying in the church now. I'm just kidding. People watching by live stream, they really want birds. Somebody's phone was chirping. You need to ask your friend what their ringtone is for you to see what they really think about you. Play your ringtone. Some of you will get an education. Stand with me this morning. There's three stages of our spiritual growth, and I'll close with this. I want God in my life. I need God in my life. And then the third stage is I realize I have to have God in my life. Let me say that again. I want God in my life. I need God in my life. But the final stage is this. I realize I have to have God in my life. Stay hungry for Jesus. Let him feed you. With your heads bowed this morning, I'm just going to remind you, you're as close to God as you want to be. You're as close to God as you want to be. You see, when somebody gets sick and they don't want to eat, that's a sign of an illness. And when you're not wanting more of God and you're not wanting to spend time in the Word and you're not wanting to spend time in prayer or fellowship with believers, that's on you. You have as much of God as you want to have. A sign of wanting to get better in the kingdom is to hunger and thirst for God. Can I say that again? A sign of wanting to get better in your situation, in your circumstances, is to hunger and thirst for more of God. So with your heads bowed, you got to stop stuffing yourself with the world's answers, pleasure, career, things. In the Greek here, there are two definitions when it talks about hunger. One is a bite here in that scripture, and the other is the whole loaf. If you want to be all that God wants you to be, you've got to eat the whole loaf. You've got to hunger for all of Jesus. He's the bread of life. With heads bowed, Christians are praying right now. Maybe you don't know Christ this morning. We're about to start 2024. But you're like, oh, and I really do, I don't live for Jesus. Or I've fallen away or I'm not serving him. But I'd like to give my life to Christ this morning. If that's you, nobody looking around, Christians are praying. Would you lift your hand and say, Owen, I want to receive Christ. Just lift it up high. Yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Look at these hands going up. You can put them down. Anybody else? I want to receive Christ this morning. Yes. He loves you so much. You've been searching for the wrong things, but God says, I've got the right thing for you, my son. 
Anybody else? I want to receive Christ. Yes. If you lifted your hand this morning, and even if you haven't, would you just come and stand right here and face me? I don't worry about anybody else. Just come and stand. You lifted your hand. Come on. That's right. Don't wait on anybody else. There was about eight or nine hands. That's right. Just come and stand. Step out this morning. That's right. Come on up. Anybody else? Christians are praying right now. Some of you lifted your hand. That's right. Come on up. Even if you didn't, come on up. Stand with this group. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could I get some brothers and sisters that come and stand behind them this morning? You're going to help me. Thank you, Jesus. Church, this is what it's all about, hungering for God. Saying, I want God to be my source. I want God to be my source. In a moment, I'm going to have Pastor Taylor take you all to a room. He's going to make sure that you have a Bible and, and, and you have some material. And he may just have you meet right over here on the side. But is there anybody else you're like, man, I need to go up there. Don't wait on anybody else. You're like, hey, I need to come up. I need to come up and give my life to the Lord. I'm telling you what the youth did in here these last few nights has changed the atmosphere in this church. And, 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 and just you could see the fruits of that this morning. You're watching by live stream. You're like, hey, I'm not there, but I'm lifting my hand. I want to receive Christ. You can do that. I want everybody listening to my voice, I want you to say this. And these that have come forward, this is the best step you're ever going to take. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited for you guys. God's going to do some incredible things. Amen. Another one's come forward. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to miss anybody. Anybody else, you're like, man, I need to come up there and I need to get prayed for. I want to accept Christ. I'm just going to give you a minute. Come on up here. Don't wait on anybody else because, man, join the group. Hello. There's no high like the most high, and this is the best time to, get, to tap into Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Church, everybody in this standing, pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. You went to the cross, lived the life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave. For me, forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you and make you Lord of my life. Give me a hunger for your word to be an overcomer in temptation. Help me to fellowship with believers in Jesus' name. So, Lord, now I pray for them. I pray, Lord, you just put a hedge of protection around them. You just bless their lives. Allow them, Lord, to walk out and to have your joy in their life. God, that you will use them to make a difference in your kingdom. And, Lord, we thank you for that decision. We ask it in Jesus' name.